0: Hello, and welcome to Learning for Life at Gustavus, the podcast about people teaching and learning at Gustavus Adolphus College, and the myriad ways that Gustavus liberal arts education provides a lasting foundation for lives of fulfillment and purpose. I'm your host, Greg Castor, faculty member in the Department of History. This year is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the landmark legislation prohibiting sex-based discrimination in educational institutions receiving federal dollars that opened up sports to women in schools at all levels. In a nice coincidence, 2022 is also the year the Gustavus women's hockey team went all the way to the NCAA Division III championship game, finishing second in the nation for the first time ever after losing 3-2 to Middlebury College in overtime for an overall overall record of 24-4-2. Joining me to talk about that electrifying game, women's hockey at Gustavus, and their own stories are head coach Michael Carroll and senior team member Caleb Reese. A public accounting major and outstanding student who will graduate in December, Kayla recently received two major recognitions for her outstanding performance on and off the ice. The Women's Division III Top 25 All-American distinction from CCM Hockey and the American Hockey Coaches Association and the NCAA Division III Elite 90 Award in recognition of her reaching the finals while also achieving a cumulative GPA of 3.987 making her the 12th Gustavus student-athlete and 7th women's hockey player to win that award. Coach Carroll just completed his 23rd season as head women's hockey coach at Gustavus. He holds the record for most coaching wins, 465 in the program's history, and is the second winningest coach ever in NCAA Division III women's hockey. He's guided the Gusties to 13 Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, or MIAC, playoff championships, and coached many dozens of players, who among them have won a host of state and national awards, including 15 players who collectively have earned All-American recognition 24 times. No wonder he's been named MIAC Coach of the Year eight times. In short, both Kayla and Coach Mike embody Gustavus's number one core value of excellence, and I'm delighted they could join me in conversation uh, a semester away from Kayla's graduation and with a bit of distance as well from the championship thriller the team came so close to winning. So Kayla and Coach, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's really great to have you on. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Yeah, thank you both for taking the time. Um, let, let's start with the pandemic, as I like to do. And Kayla, since you're, you're, you're a student and this is, you, this is really your fourth year, you're going the extra ninth semester, right? Is that right?
1: Correct. Yep.
0: Okay. So what, I mean, gee, already, what is it? Three, almost three years of the pandemic um, for you. What's that been like for you as a student? Partly this is the historian in me trying to get some of this on the record, but what, what has it been like for you?
1: Yeah, so the pandemic hit the spring of my sophomore year, okay. and so we all, left, we all left campus not really knowing that it was going to be the end of our semester. We all thought we were going home for a couple of weeks and then coming back, but we later found out we wouldn't come back at all that semester. And then that following year, my junior year, was really tough as we had a lot of online class, but I was fortunate to have professors that really wanted to be in person. So my department did all they could to be in person. So my junior year, I, my fall of junior year, I had about two classes fully in person and then I had two online. So I was grateful to be able to go on campus for some classes at least. And then so, because of the pandemic, I was able to do a virtual internship this spring of my junior year oh. um, and still play hockey.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Where, what was the virtual internship?
1: Um, I interned with PwC, which is an accounting firm.
0: That's fantastic. What were you doing? What did they have you do?
1: Um, I was an um, audit intern, so I worked on the deluxe audit team.
0: Wow! But well, you're reminding me of my father-in-law now. Um, to see, started out as an accountant and then became a corporate tax lawyer on Wall Street. And I can't remember the name of the firm. He, he was a big, you would know a big firm. I think it's still in existence anyway. That's exciting. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you. You, I mean, you know, it, it was awful for all of us, right? And 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 not in equal ways. Some people really had it. Bad faculty. I don't mean just at Gustavus, but nationwide and students. But um, I, I was, as I've said before in the podcast, really impressed with the this word is overused. Resiliency of the of the students in general. I was I was teaching online uh, exclusively, partly because of my my age and risk factors, but um, was able to go back this past semester, which which, which was just great. Um, Coach, how did it how did it affect the, the seasons? I mean, it must have wreaked havoc on the on the hockey seasons.
2: Yeah, well, that same spring um, we had. Qualified for the uh, NCAAs, and we had a play-in game um, at River Falls, and we went over there, and you know we didn't win the game, but that was the only game in the in the NCAAs that was played, I believe. Wow. Well, there might have been one out East, but after that night, everything was shut down, so this our season was over anyway. But we at least for our seniors at that time got to play in a national tournament game. And then, like Kayla said, we, you know, we all scattered and thought it would just be a, a short time and we'd be back. But, um, yeah, it, it tough for everyone in the world, let alone a, someone that's going to college and playing sports. But, right. you know, I think looking back on it, and we mentioned this at our banquet or last year. Well, we were on again, off again. And, you know, everyone above us was still learning trial and error from, you know, how we're going to get back and made a good effort to try to get back. But we only played five games last year and none wow. of them. Yeah. And, and really none of them, you know, counted for anything because there was no championship per se. It was just to get out there and play games. And we had been put on paused with the COVID um, protocols. Jeez. Uh, I think three times for sure, maybe four uh, through the course of the year. Um, but, um, you know, looking back on it, I know I felt this way and maybe our whole team did, and and maybe anyone that's ever played a sport during that time felt that when you have something taken away from you, sometimes you don't appreciate it, um, until that happens. (laughs) And so even like the, uh, going to weights or a Monday practice or a Tuesday practice or captain's practice, whatever the heck it is. I I think we appreciated the opportunity as a group coming into the season last year that sort of helped us just be focused on being happy to go day by day and, and hope things worked out.
0: Yeah, that's it. Boy, that's interesting. Just thinking about the psychology. I hadn't thought about that. The psychology of, well, the psychology of sports, the psychology of competition, um, I'm just musing here and feel free to to riff on it or not but but you wonder I mean you do a counterfactual what if the pandemic I mean, well, let's put it this way to what extent did that experience that you described so well um, help you do so well this this season you know um, who knows you never know but but that's interesting to think about the kind of the kind of attitude you brought maybe you were because you were happier looser I don't know or more also more, more dedicated to winning. I have no idea, but it's interesting to think about. Um, any thoughts about that? Either one of you? Well, I guess I would
2: just say I had to be, it was really hard on our leaders because every time I had a, a captain zoom or a talk with our leaders, it was all about, you know, making sure our, 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 players were not socializing. Yeah. What do you do in college?
0: yeah you right. supposed
2: to socialize yeah and just the grind of talking about that and and worrying about you know people making the right choices and and, and still you know understanding that they're between eighteen and twenty one twenty two year old right young adults you know off to college, I think that um that narrative changed once we got back on campus into more things involved with uh you know, working for a common goal. Yes. You know, and and
0: planning planning our season. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. Kayla, did you want to say anything about that? How you how you felt coming back this this year?
1: Yeah, I would say during the pandemic that season was really tough on the whole team, and I think there's just a lot of conflict that year based on choices we were all making and such. But this season, I think it just brought us closer, and we had like. Very little drama or conflict all season among the players, which I think helped us and how well we played
0: yeah again, that's interesting um maybe maybe the the impact on cohesion we'll never know, but there it's it's just interesting to I'm talking with professors and students you know the not the what ifs but just how the how the pandemic um as horrible as it's been it's awful it's, there's nothing you know really nothing good about it, and yet there are some. Maybe some silver linings here and there. And as a professor, so many of us are going to continue things we never had done before. You know, never even occurred to us to do in, in our teaching, but we'll continue those even as we get back into the classroom. You're also reminding me. I did uh, when the pandemic first started. I decided to go into the weekly, the campus newspaper, which is fortunately online uh, and searchable. And I was looking at what Gustavus was up to during the 1918 influenza pandemic. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of kidding a little bit. I mean, this is not not a total exaggeration. One, one of the one of the biggest items was the uh, football team complaining about how the influenza pandemic had, uh, I guess it was not more an epidemic in Minnesota, but had you know screwed up the football schedule. <laughs> so, I mean, so I don't know. That was a, that was about it. Um, in any case, uh, you had a great season. We'll come to that uh, again in, in shortly. But why don't we start with your background, your own stories, Kayla? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Egan, Minnesota, which is a suburb of the Twin Cities. Um, so I went to high school in Egan, and I have an older and younger sister. And all of my neighbors played hockey. There's okay. three boys that lived across the street from me. And then there's some more boys in the cul de sac. So that's how we all got involved with hockey, me and my two sisters, because both of my parents are from small towns in Southeast Minnesota. So they uh-huh. didn't even really know what hockey was.
0: Uh, did, they, um, did they go to Gustavus or any of your siblings go or are going?
1: Yeah, my younger sister is a sophomore at Gustavus.
0: Oh, great. Um, I, you're reminding me too, boy, these memories I've repressed. I, my, I think the only time I played hockey was one year, must have been? In, maybe I was in high school or younger. My dad, I have a younger brother, two years younger, uh, surprised us with one of those rinks you can set up in your backyard, if you know what I'm talking about, and... We, you know, fake played hockey on this thing, which was probably, I don't know, maybe twice or three times the size of a kiddie pool. That's as close to playing hockey as I ever came. Um, so were you playing, did your high school have a team that you played on?
1: Yeah, we. my high school had a girls team that I played on starting freshman year of high school.
0: Okay. And was it, was it the hockey program at Gustavus? Was it Coach Carroll bugging you to come or how, what, what, what made you choose Gustavus?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say pretty early on in my high school career, I knew that I wanted to play hockey in college and I knew that I didn't really want the commitment of a D one program. So I kind of started looking at D three schools and there's really only hockey on the East coast in the Midwest. So I didn't want to go out East. So that narrowed down my choices a lot. And then from there, I wanted one of the best um uh, most competitive programs in the country, so that's kind of what led me to Gustavus and then I toured and kind of knew right away that's where I was going to go
0: that's great did you um did you settle on the uh what uh, the public accounting major right away or early on or were you unsure what you wanted to do aside from playing hockey?
1: Yeah. So my dad's actually an accountant as well. So I've kind of known from a really young age, which is kind of funny since not many people know they want to be an accountant from a young (laughs) age, but it was actually helpful knowing that coming into school because I was able to start taking the classes right away since, um, to do public accounting, you need more credit hours than just a normal major. So that helped me in like getting on the track right away.
0: Got it. So, um, what positions did you play or, or did was it just one position in high school?
1: In high school, I only played defense, but in youth, there's times when they put me up at forward as well.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll come to your playing at Gustavus in a bit. Um, Coach, what about you? Where'd you grow up and how'd you get into hockey?
2: Yeah, well, I, I sort of was born into hockey. I grew up in Edina oh, yeah. and uh, my dad played hockey and, um, he, he grew up in, in, in Minneapolis, went to Patrick Henry High School. And then oh, went, sure. Went and played. Um, he was on the freshman team at, at the U of M. And then he decided he was going to get married and get on with things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the oldest of seven kids. Oh, wow. And six boys. And then the very youngest is a girl. Oh, wow. And so we, and six of us all played hockey growing up. In a hockey town, and had a lot of um, opportunities that a lot of kids, you know, just never would dream of. And um, I'm the oldest of of the of the clan, of the and clan. all six of us all six of us played college hockey, and we all played for Edina East or Edina High School. Um, there was like a 13-year run there where there was a carol on the team (laughs) here.
0: Were you playing against one another sometimes? No.
2: Well, uh, my, my next in line brothers, Steve, and I played one year together in college, but we were two years apart um, until I got down to the last couple kids. Uh, They were a little bit more spread out, but in Edina it was so competitive that there was virtually no way you were going to be on the varsity team. Um, as a 10th grader, okay, so that was sort of out the window, but you know, my last year of college hockey was my brother Steve's first and we were on, we were on the same, same team.
0: And that was at, uh, Minnesota State, State, Mankato. Right. That's right. Now Minnesota, I'll keep saying Mankato, now Minnesota State.
2: Yeah. At the time it was Mankato State and it was division two hockey. It wasn't division one. So. My brother, Steve, and my brother, Pat, who also helps coach our team, the three of us played there at, at, at Mankato State, and then three other brothers of, of mine, they played Division One. So I had one brother, Tom, who played at Wisconsin, and then Dan played at Michigan, and Jim, wow. the youngest, played at Michigan Tech. So like I said, it was a big hockey hockey yeah. family. And when I got done with high school, um i also we also played all the other sports one thing that was awesome was my my parents uh made us try all the sports and so like in the summertime when all my buddies were going to hockey camp um i could do those kinds of things only if there wasn't a baseball game or practice that i would miss and down, down the road that was you know that was great um learning experience and in and, and, and really in this day and age of specialization. Yes. Um and Kayla was a really good soccer player and oh and um could have easily played at the college level in soccer as well. And 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 you know, that's what one thing that interest introduced us with Kayla and uh, her joining us here.
0: Wow, so this is all very interesting to me. First of all, I'm thinking soccer and hockey. I don't know, both involve footwork for sure, of some sort. What about you know? It's funny, Mike. You you were, um, well, actually, before I asked this question, didn't? What about Mankato or Minnesota State? Didn't they go all the way to Division? Is it is it now Division One? Were yeah. they just out? Were they just out east in a championship game? Or am I making that up?
2: Yes, no, they're Division One in in men's and women's hockey. Those two sports and men's hockey started the transition in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, and went from independent to, you know, now to where they're at. So um, this, the sport of hockey started at Mankato State in the 60s. And my brother Steve was on the first team to win the national tournament um, at Division two for Mankato State. And in my last year, we him and I both played – in the very first division two national tournament. Huh. And so we, you know, but that, that program has changed a lot.
0: And they were, were they just in it in the championship game? Was that NCAA just this season? Minnesota? Or yeah, no? they got real far. Yep. They got real far. Yeah. Cause I, I had an, you, you reminding me, I had an email from an alum who lives in, um, I'd seen her in, uh, in April and then she was uh, emailing me that there were all these, <laughs> <laughs> all these Minnesotans <laughs> waving flags <laughs> and she thought it was for the, the Minnesota state. Um, I don't know if it was a championship game out there. I went to Boston university for my PhD. So where hockey was of course big and in, in Boston and then grew up in the burbs of Chicago. And I did, did go to one Blackhawk game, which I'll never forget, but I'm the Bobby Hall era, you know, um, <clears throat> in the, in the Blackhawks. Um, what's funny to me, uh, you know, you you started to answer my question in a way, but um, with your comment about how your parents wanted you to try all different sports and you were doing baseball in the summer, because you'd think you would have wound up in professional hockey somehow, but you wound up in professional baseball. Tell us a little bit about that with the Montreal Expos.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I I played both sports in college and uh, that experience... Um, coming from a hockey town, hockey is a much more fast-paced game to play and practice, and baseball is a little bit,
0: you know, not, yes. as, not as intense. Stuff, I, do, I do know. Yeah. So Having <laughs> so fallen asleep during some games, yeah, baseball yeah, games. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, um, so I had the opportunity to, to play both in college, and it didn't take me too long to figure out I was a better had more talent in baseball. So um, that allowed me the opportunity and in, in, in being on, we went to three national tournament appearances with baseball at Minnesota or Mankato State. So we got we had I played with a lot of really good teammates and we had some great exposure, which allowed me the opportunity to be to be noticed to get that opportunity.
0: And so were you playing were you in the in the Expos minor league, minor, te- minor league team or yeah. what were you doing? Yeah. yeah. So, so I signed um, after I
2: completed all my eligibility in college, which is a little bit unique for baseball because a lot of times you'll sign right out of high school or after your sophomore year. But I was more on the late bloomer track. Okay. So my first summer I was in uh, Jamestown, New York, which was oh, a yeah. class A team. Jamestown expos, and then the next, and I and I did really well, um, which allowed me the opportunity to get invited to spring training the next year. And um, so, in our spring minor league spring training, we had all the all the teams from AAA all the way down to rookie league there for a month, practicing with and against <clears throat> other players in our you know in our organization. Right, and I played first base. Okay, and I also played a little outfield. But when I was, when we were doing like position breakdowns in spring training, <clears throat> um, five or six of the first basemen all made it to the major leagues. Wow! So I could I could give you some names. I'm sure you would hear or remember. Um, you know, Anders Galarraga. Oh yeah, Terry Francona. Yep. Dave Hostetler. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, God, yes. So, those guys, and I was playing with those guys. So, wow. that was a great experience. And and so, I, you know, there was a time in the 80s there where, you know, I was playing in, in the minor leagues against guys that have, you know, did some great things later that's on. A, which, that's
0: amazing. I'm, cool. I'm a. Uh, you know, a long-suffering Cubs fan. My some other yeah. family members are White Sox fans, <laughs> but I uh, nothing like a, sitting in Wrigley Field. But and by the way, my favorite glove. I, the glove I used to have was I had two gloves as a kid. One was the catchers, and one was the first basements. I loved the first basements. Uh, played a little bit of uh, what was it called? Little League, I guess it was called. Then a little bit. Um, I was an expert at standing there and getting a walk. And then once I swung, I think out of terror. And it would have been a triple if not a home run. And I froze. I was so shocked that I connected with the ball and it had gone so far. I, stood at, I just stood at home base with the coach yelling at me to run you. I don't know if he said you moron, but I think I eked out a a, a single or a double. I don't know. But anyway, that was my short-lived baseball career. So how did you get from that to Gustavus as a well, hockey coach?
2: Well, I you, you probably – Maybe forgot this, but I was a baseball coach here at Gustavus for 17 years. I really did work.
0: forget that. Yeah, that's right. I forgot not all well about the that. I
2: women's hockey coach.
0: You were doing both, you, but you're not doing both anymore,
2: are yeah. you? No. So about six years ago, I was able to just, you know, give give up the baseball piece to stick with hockey. And when I first started, um, there wasn't women's hockey here at Gustavus.
0: Right. That came, I, I did some research that yeah. came in
2: 97, 98. Yeah. So the year, year or two before I came as the baseball coach, and and all the baseball coaches in the MIC at that time were part-time, and spring sports wasn't as, uh, you know, didn't have the same, um, I don't know what you would call it at the time, but over time that I was coaching, when I was done, every coach in the MIC was full-time, and The recruiting piece was getting just crazy to do for both sports. And I love doing baseball. You know, the games were the most fun, obviously, but um, it was a great experience. But now I'm able to give 100% effort to the hockey piece. And, and, uh, you know, I knew at a young age in high school that I wanted to be a coach just because I played for an iconic high school hockey coach. Um, but I also, you know, had an open mind with baseball. So that was my track. And um, after bouncing around a little bit, after after I got done playing baseball and, and we started having a family, um, I was in different towns as the ice arena manager, uh, hockey coach kind of a thing. And then okay. in 1990, we moved back, 89, we moved back to Mankato. I had met my wife and i um, settled there and, and I managed the ice arena in Mankato and coached boys high school hockey in Mankato West. Okay. I so you were close Gustavis. by. Yeah.
0: And then who, who recruited you to Gustavus? Who I'm trying to think, who was, was it Moose Momquist? Who would have well, been? He was
2: the athletic director at the time. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. then he, he shortly after retired and then Al Moldy came. Oh yeah. And Al. Al and Owen Samuelson were the two that sat me down and asked me to, uh, if I wanted to come over here full-time and and take over the women's hockey program along with uh, doing baseball and and um, you know it was it you know it was, a, it was a big decision to make but it was an easy one uh, in a sense my two boys were in high school and instantly we we got the tuition benefits yeah
0: right no kidding
2: that was you know we had started a family when we were, I was my wife and I were very young so we hadn't had the opportunity to do a lot of saving for colleges. So just perfect time time and place. Right. To work out and,
0: and you really, I mean, you know, you think about the program starts in 97, the women's hockey program. You really you're almost I mean, you're almost it. Right. I mean, you're pretty much it. Really. Um, you've really managed to build that that program, see its development. That's pretty cool. It's, it's history. Um, Kayla, so I didn't know about the soccer piece. In your your case, were you were you considering soccer? At I mean, it sounds like you you did play soccer at Gustavus. Is that right?
1: Oh, uh, no, I never played here. I thought about okay. it. Yep. And I, I just ultimately decided it'd be too much trying to do both. As yeah. I talked to some, some girls that had tried to do both, and they just found that it didn't work very well.
0: Were you, um, were you doing other co-curricular stuff, band, choir, anything like that? I'm just curious. In addition to hockey, hockey's more than enough. God knows.
1: In high school or no, in No, at,
0: at Gustavus. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I'm an accounting tutor, but other than that, No.
0: Okay, good, that's enough. I think sometimes our students try to do too much. What is it about? Um, I'm asked both of you and, and coaches touched on this a little bit already, but for you, Kayla, what is it about hockey that 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 attracts you? What is it about the game, the sport? I know sometimes this is hard to put into words, but if you can try.
1: Um, well, the number one thing I always go to is my teammates. Um, my hockey teammates have always been my best friends ever since I started playing when I was six years old. So that's the biggest thing that drives me towards it. And then I think the other thing is just the fast play and the physicality of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I, I It's to me, I don't know if there's a fa- I don't know if there's a faster game. I mean, I still I have vivid memories of the one hockey game I went to. I, was in, I think I was in high school at the at the most. Um, and how fast it was this was wherever the Blackhawks were playing and um, we were with a, a lawyer I remember my dad, my brother maybe my mom who had great tickets he had like season tickets and so we were really pretty close to the ice and just how fast it was when the puck would hit the plastic or whatever it was it was really amazing um, and, and fun I have to say fun to to watch um, Coach, what about you what attracted you to the game? Aside from that it was in your DNA. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's uh, looking back on on the experiences I had in, in college, you know, the life lessons you learn from any sport. But hockey is one of those where, you know, once the game starts, there's, you know, 18 skaters and a couple goalies. But as far as, like, in a game, you rely on, all the forwards and all the defensemen to play because it's a fast-paced game where you are in every 30 to 45 seconds and so um it's not like say basketball where there's six starters or whatever the heck it is or right <clears throat> even in football there's 22 starters on each side of the ball but then there's an 80-man roster so yeah you know it it's working for a common goal and and um having competition throughout the course of a week to find and earn your spot and and you know just uh, you know if you're a goalie if you give up a goal it's really it's really not the goalie's fault it's the whole team's fault for getting it in the end and same Mm -hmm. thing on the other side when you score a goal somebody probably passed you the puck or you had to do a lot of things to get in a good spot so you rely a lot on your teammates and that's that's um, you know I think one of the neatest things about hockey.
0: Yeah, and I, Kayla, I mean both of you talking about the Kayla, especially you. I hadn't thought about that. I mean how you could, um, I mean how you could have friends going all the way back to you know the I think you said six six years old or something like that, um, which is which is cool. Um, there there is a community there. I had that. I guess I had that. I played a couple of years of football and. Uh, high school and i remember um, developing some close friendships couple, well one person still very close to uh, out of that experience so um i'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about the the incredible season you you just had uh, and that unbelievable championship game i hope it's not too painful to talk about. There's a lot to be proud of there. First of all, Kayla, I wonder, could you just, I mean, just some reflections. You've had some time since the game, just some reflections on, on the most recent season and then on that on that game itself, if you would.
1: Yeah, I think right from the beginning of the season, we knew our team had a lot of potential. We had a lot of experience with a lot of seniors and juniors. So we definitely had that on our side going into the year. Um, we had some adversity, I think, mainly after break, which I think really helped our team, um, and helped us to push to get better and keep improving. And I'm sure coach will touch on this, but we started playing our best hockey at the end of the year, which is when you want to play your best hockey. Um, so we ended up playing, having to do a play-in game against River Falls, well, we played Eau Claire first and then we had to face river falls in our quarter final game. Okay. Um, and we'd played them twice earlier in the season and we lost both games to them. So we knew that was going to be potentially one of our toughest games of the whole tournament. Um, but it was just an a super cool atmosphere to play in at their rank and just to beat them at their rank. Um, I know that's not the first time coaches upset them in their own rink in an NCAA tournament <laughs> appearance. Um, but, yeah, it was defi- that game was a huge win for us, and then it was just a super cool experience to get to fly out east with the whole team, all your best friends. Um, we got one day to go in and do a little bit of sightseeing, which is fun as well. Was this in and Pittsburgh?
0: Then, remind me, sorry, was it Pittsburgh or where were you?
1: Oh, uh, we were in Vermont.
0: Oh, Vermont, that's right.
1: Yep. So, and then, I mean, Middlebury has amazing facilities, which was, so it was fun to play in their rink. And then, yeah, the championship game, that was, it was a really great game. I don't, I'm sure you saw that we scored with one seconds left to the it, game. It, to was an, it, it was an
0: amazing game. I mean, it was so, it was like unbelievable because you, Weren't you behind twice? You came back from two deficits, I think, and then in the what zero point one seconds left in the, and wasn't by the way, wasn't it? Wasn't the the goal wasn't called right away? Am I remembering correctly? Tell us about that. When you yeah, so uh
1: huh, I was on the ice, and I think we had a face off with less than ten seconds to go in the game. Okay, and the puck was stuck in the corner, and I think it started coming out and got to the front, and then all of a sudden it was in the net, but their, their crowd and their team was cheering so loudly, like nobody could hear the buzzer at all. And so, I mean, we had no idea if it went in before the buzzer. We didn't even know when the buzzer went off, but their whole team was cheering. Like they, the game was over, but yeah, the refs reviewed it and rolled it a goal, which was very exciting for our whole team.
0: That must have been an amazing moment. I mean, I can't even imagine what you, both of you were were feeling. Um, and then overtime, right? Sudden death, and um, boom. How did you feel then? I, can't, I mean, if you can, I mean, was it just was it just heartbreaking, or were you? I mean, I, I can't imagine coming that far.
1: Yeah, um, I. Th- you know, looking back, I think one thing if we didn't have that break in between the third period and overtime where there's redid the ice, I think the game could have ended differently okay. just because I mean we had so much momentum after scoring that goal and doing the whole third period too, I think um the play was in their end a lot of the game a lot of that period, but I think having that break kinda allowed their team to regroup um and refocus and come back out and I mean, really, in overtime, their team kind of took it to us a little. I think they outshot us a lot to a little in overtime. But, I mean, I think our team was also getting a little tired as we were only playing 5D and probably only two or three lines. So it's going to be a lot. Yeah,
0: and you were all, both both teams, but you – your team, I mean, you, the, the intensity of the play was was amazing. I mean, and I, I can't even imagine how tired you must have been. Um, it was an awesome game, though. I mean, if you have to, if you if you're going to lose a championship game, I, I mean, I'm trying to put a positive spin on here. That's the way to do it. I mean, it was an exciting game. Um, what, by the way, Kayla, what position were you playing?
1: I'm defense.
0: You're defense. Okay. Um, And coach, thoughts about the season and the, had you ever, um, had you ever experienced a game like that before?
2: Well, no, I haven't been in a lot of games, but that was a unique game. And that's another, another thing about sports. It's so cool. I mean, you can, you know, in our locker room, you know, day in and day out, we would talk about control. We can control. But there's so many factors that go into a season and into a, you know, into a run like that, that there's things that are out of your control. You know, you don't really, you know, you, you don't figure out who you're playing when it's sort of just out there that this is who, who you're going to play each weekend. And Right. are you playing the best teams first or the best teams towards the end? Or are you spreading it out? You know, and then just, you know, players being healthy and our team was, Pretty healthy the whole year. We, we didn't have any major injuries um, with that. And and each time we sort of, you know, hockey is a game of mistakes. We talk about that a lot. Hmm. And it's how you look past those and move on to the next play, no matter what position you're playing. And so you, you learn a lot from mistakes, but you also learn a lot from what you do well. And one thing our team, well, a couple things our team did that maybe – um, stood out more than some other years is our girls practiced really hard almost every practice the whole year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, that's that's a five-and-a-half-month season. Right. with them balancing schoolwork and, and just all the other things that go into being a college student. Um, yes. Let alone just play your sport. And so that work ethic, I think, helped us in, in tough times. And every time that we had sort of a hiccup in a game situation, uh, we we rallied the next day if it was a series and and played well. And you know there was a long time from the first time, first two times that we played River Falls because that was mid December, till we saw them again. And our, our you know we knew as a coaching staff, and I think the players did too. That we did enough good things in those games we lost that if we continued to commit and focus on improving on a bunch of the things we didn't do as well then, that if we got another opportunity, that, you know, we had just as good a chance as them. And we never would have had that chance if we wouldn't have won our conference playoffs. Right. In a season where, because of COVID, they decided to let every team in the playoffs and usually out of the 10 teams, it's the top five. So all the teams had a chance and it's single elimination. So you just, I didn't,
0: I did did not know that. I didn't know that until just now. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we had lost one game against, well, we lost our series against Bethel because they had a a COVID protocol situation and we ended up playing them once after the fact, but it was just non-conference. So, because some teams did not play all 18 conference games, or at least at the time the MIC made the decision to allow every team in, there was a possibility that not every school would get their full schedule in. So that that was just fine, but it was different. Yeah. And so we, we had an extra playoff game there. And then um, I was actually more nervous for the Eau Claire game huh. because we hadn't seen them all year and I knew they had – way more than five or six fifth year seniors on their team. And the last time they were in our building was for an NCA game, and we lost in, in overtime, three overtimes, Oh, which at, at the time was the longest women's college hockey game on record. Oh my and we lost wow. that game. So wow. our girls on the team probably. We never talked about it, but I know that they probably most of them probably had no idea sure um, but we played really well that game against a, a good team and our home crowd was simply amazing um, it was packed and I think the team fed off the energy sure and that set us up for you know going over to River Falls as sort of the underdog because River Falls had such a great year and had beaten us twice and, and beaten you on, twice yeah you know, right just on paper Yeah. Um, you know, we were the underdog.
0: Yeah, well, you did it. I'm not a betting person, but boy, hmm. Uh it's just a, I, I mean, it was a, fa- a fantastic season. You know, obviously, you know, it would have been even more fantastic had you won the championship, but but, so much to be proud of. And um, I'm right about that in the intro, right? It's the first time ever for, for finishing second nationally, right? Is that right? coach i mean yeah that's a that's a never, first yeah
2: you know as, as a coaching staff we had been to the final four a number of times right in fact there was a time there where we went to four straight final fours but we never we, we could never get her done and never played our best at that time of the year it played good at times but not yeah. other a lot of good teams at that stage of the season and um plattsburgh was the defending champions from two years ago and and they had won four straight national championships. So going into our first wow. game against Plattsburgh, I don't think there was a lot of people except in Minnesota that thought we had a chance in that game. And we just played super.
0: That's so cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Next year, the championship. <clears throat> um, Kayla, I want to ask you both about, well, Kayla, you the player, about playing and coach, you the coach, about coaching. But Kayla, you're obviously, you're a successful, I mean, Wonderfully successful student athlete, and I wonder um, if you were giving advice, giving advice to, and maybe you do, right? You, I'm sure you do some mentoring of younger players, um, friends. What, 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 what is your advice in terms of how to succeed both as a student and as a player? Um, what does it take?
1: Yeah, I think. Probably one of the biggest things I'm sure you hear all the time is tam- time management. Yes. Um so planning out your day, knowing when you're going to have time to work on homework, when you have practice, when you have class, what all you need to get done and when it needs to get done. I think that's a huge thing um as far as being a student athlete. Um and then I mean also like there might be times when you have to bring your homework on the bus and study on your way to a game or on your way home from the game. So I mean, just being on top of your schoolwork, um, I think is one of the biggest things.
0: Thank you for saying that about doing it on the bus. I mean, I think I do think some students think I'm, I'm off to a game, I don't need to do anything. No. So thank you so much for saying that. What about when you're on the ice? What does it take when you're in a game? Like what do you um, do to like, what do you do to prepare? Right, I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, both mentally and physically. Um, what what are the skills involved? What are the what are the just in general? Yeah, you know, I've never, as I said, I've, I've never played hockey except in the backyard for a few weeks in winter. When I was a kid. What what does it take?
1: Yeah, so I mean, hockey is a very physical game. So I mean, one big thing about hockey is the off ice commitment as well. So lifting weights during the off season and we also do it in season. So staying strong, I think is one of the big things. Just, just think just cause it's so physical. And then, I mean, mentally, I think uh, we talk about this, but playing one shift at a time and having hmm. like a short memory. If you, if you have a bad shift, try to forget about it, learn from it, but move on.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Um,
1: yeah. Um, and then also just trusting your teammates and knowing that you have their back and they have your back.
0: Yeah, that's important too obviously. I when I think of I don't know, I guess this is I mean all sports involve multiple functions I guess. But when I when I think about hockey, just the way, I mean you better you better know how to skate obviously. Um, but there's the skating, then there's the, you know, the skill with the st- Dick. and i mean i the whole hand eye coordination and the speed and as you say the physicality um are there are there fights i mean do you get into fights in women's hockey and at the college level or are they are they rare
1: oh uh, they're pretty rare but there was one this year
0: Oh there was that involved your team Oh yeah. Uh, yeah okay
1: <laughs> we don't we don't really pride ourselves on it but <laughs> but it happened All right. emotions were high okay. i think it was towards the end of the season, a championship game, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare fighting. I would say is really, really only see, you see it a ton in the NHL, but I mean, other than that, you don't really see it much. I would say.
0: Good, good to know. Um, that's one, kind of one reason I stopped watching hockey, um, on on TV It's just a, the, the fighting, right. got kind of crazy. I thought, um, Co- Thank you, Kayla. Coach, what about you? What is it? I mean, you're, you're a successful coach, an outstanding coach. What does it, what does it take? What, is, and, and in rec- again, stipulating, there's probably no one coaching style, but you know, wh- what's your advice to a, to a prospective uh, hockey coach?
2: <clears throat> well, like I mean, you're right on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot of different styles of coaching that are out there that have been proven to be successful so I think you got to be your own person and and Mm. not stray too far away from that for one and and you know but I think when you're a young coach you have to be a sponge you have to be all ears and you don't just Mm. go from being a successful player or even a not so successful player and and just jumping in and and being a a quality coach unless you just have superior, superior athletes. So the more you can learn um, when you're younger, um, you know, if you're in college and you want to coach to help out with youth hockey and, and watch a lot of hockey. And like one, one thing during the pandemic that I did was that they gave me time to watch a lot of podcasts of successful coaches at the NHL level and the college level, and then actually just other coaches at high levels in college okay. that work with women too, um, not just guys. And and you know when I first started coaching uh, the game on the women's side was so much different because it was new, right? And it's evolved to the point where everything really has caught up to where. You know, I guess I'm going off on a tangent, but now um, the women at the college level, at the Division three level, at the top end, and actually at the Division one level, to me, it's more pure game because it's physical, but there's not that just go out and smack someone. Right. It's 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 puck protection, using your body to protect the puck. Um, there's a time and a place for it to be very physical the skills of skating and puck control, um, you know, become much more important. And I think it's really more of a pure game of hockey. It's like Olympic hockey on the men's side. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. I thought know, about that, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, cool. That.
2: But just, you know, as a coach, just – and surround yourself with – yeah, good assistant coach.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> good players good assistants and and being a sponge learning all all important yeah. what's your um you know i mean I, I when i was growing up well i think of Bobby knight of course but there were others i mean i think of coaches you know in different sports managers yelling throwing fits i mean what do, what do you do to, to to motivate your 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 team uh you know both before and during a game
2: <laughs> that's uh funny you bring that you know I grew up in the 70s and 60s 70s and 80s right.
0: and
2: besides my high school coach Herb Brooks was my oh gee. my idol you yeah. know and and obviously that style you know wouldn't work so well in this day and age but right uh, I'm a little bit more on that side of the spectrum <laughs> and I think you know I think our players know I wear you know I wear my emotions on my sleeve and you know, just get into it, the passion of the game, but, um, you know, you, you know, I think our players do a great job of understanding that it's, it's constructive when you're talking about things you need to improve on and it's not personal. And, you know, I mentioned that, you know, surrounding yourself with good young assistants and, uh, you know, experienced assistants. And we, we have that on our team and we also have a wide range of personalities that, that, um, support each other. And as a head coach, a lot of times you, you end up being the bad cop in a lot of situations. Yes. And, you know, you, you know, you, you, I guess you can't shy away from that. Um, but there's also, uh, times where you have to defer and just let your assistants take, take control. And if you got good leaders in the locker room, which we, which we do, um, things can be a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I think I mean just thinking as a when I think about um, I mean I've never done it being a coach or well co- there's coaching is a part of teaching I guess any kind of teaching but your kind of coaching you know, sports coaching or or being a dean even you've got all these strong <laughs> strong especially among faculty but you know, you've got strong personalities and how to um, you know how to make sure people are as you said, Kayla, you trust one another, you've got one another's backs, you're working together, there's cohesion um i, I you know certainly thinking of pro sports that can be uh, a problem where you've got a you know a prima donna or 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 uh, a similar similar issue um but whatever you've done, both of you you've done incredibly uh well. And I want to conclude here as we're winding down. Kayla, give you a chance first and then and then, coach. Well, a couple of concluding questions. But first, Kayla, um, do, you, do you follow professional hockey at all or, or strictly women's hockey at the college level? Or do you not even follow that much? You just sort of focus on your own particular games.
1: Yeah, I follow the wild a little bit, but it can get difficult since they play usually the same season as us. I don't right. usually have a ton of free time to sit down and watch hockey. But... They're in the playoffs right now. They so sure I have been are. following
0: that. Yeah, yeah, that's been exciting. I followed. Actually, I actually have watched a little bit of that because I'm a, I don't know. I'm a fair weather fan in some ways when it comes to professional sports. So I when mean, you're winning, you got me. But um, yeah, so um, uh, coach, what about you? Do you do you, do you follow pro- professional hockey much? Or
2: well, I, I follow the Wild, um, and I and I watch a lot of games for different reasons, but not so much because I have a favorite team. Just I look at it, you know, to see what systems are out there that's working and anything new that you can learn that way. But I grew up a North Star fan and one of the, one of the byproducts of living in Edina was a lot of pro athletes lived in Edina. Oh, so I knew a lot of, of, uh, those people either going to church or, or just in the neighborhood or their sons. Uh, and daughters and stuff, so I was exposed to, to getting to know a lot of North Star players besides just watching them on TV, so that was cool, and then, of course, when they moved to Dallas, that was heartbreaking, but yeah. <laughs> I lost track of pro hockey for a while there until the Wild came back, and um, now that our season's over, yeah, it, it's it's really fun to watch, and there is a lot, even O'Kayla uh, mentioned that there's plenty of fighting in pro hockey. It's certainly not like the days when, Greg, you and I probably were... No, oh, no, it's
0: definitely not. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> no. there's, there's
2: fights, but it's not, it's not the sideshow it used to be. And there's... Right. Not, in playoff hockey, there's nothing better with everything on the line. It's... where you mentioned pro sports. Sometimes it's not as, as fun, but playoffs, whatever the sport is, so much more intense with everything on the line. Yeah. and that, And that's what... That's what's awesome about watching pro uh, hockey right now.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, I'm certainly rooting for the Wild. And it's exciting. Exciting to see that. Um, I wonder. Also, both of you and Kayla, back to you. Um, what is it? Well, again, this is hard to art- articulate. It's even hard for me sometimes. But what is the for you, Kayla? What is it? What's the place of of sports in a liberal arts college like this, Dave? I mean, how do you, you know, we use that phrase, student athlete? I mean, to what extent is your participation in in, sure. in the sport informing your work academically, and, and, and vice versa? I mean, you know, we that that phrase is usually hyphenated, student hyphen athlete but i wonder if they're really as separate as that might might suggest take that however you want in any way you want i mean (laughs) any direction you like
1: yeah um i mean i think sports play a big role in liberal arts colleges i mean i think the i think like the student population at gustavus like i think 40 percent or something is athletes so athletes make up a big portion of the student body but i think I mean you learn a lot of lessons in class but I like coach touched on there's so many more lessons that you learn being a part of a sports team's you know teamwork uh dedication I mean there's perseverance resiliency I mean there's so many things that you can't learn in a classroom that you learn on the hockey rink or on the court or on the track like I think there's just certain aspects a sport that you can't duplicate in the classroom.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, just speaking as a professor, I like when I actually enjoy, I enjoy teaching s- student athletes and you're right, there are a lot of them at Gustavus. Uh, <clears throat> but one of the things I enjoy is the way, I mean, the, 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 serious student athletes are able to bring all those qualities you just mentioned to their, to their work in the course, right? The self-discipline. And in fact, uh, coach, I've, I'll tell you both, some students who've had me, uh, especially for more than one class. No, I I some years ago started using the phrase working out. We're going to be working out in this class because if I could connect to the student athletes and want to be student athletes in the room, I figured, uh, you know, remind them that really the qualities you bring to the sport are the same qualities required in the, in the, in the classroom or in the course, right? You mentioned Kayla, dedication, resilience, you know, persistence, pra- all that stuff. And I sometimes think I should go in with, a, you know, a, I don't know, coach, what you, is there a coach's uniform? I think of the ref's uniform and a whistle, you know, to get us, get us going as we quote unquote work out with primary sources from the past. But I do think there's a lot of crossover, um, uh, at least from the, from the, in both ways, I'm, I'm sure. Um, coach, do you have anything to add to that or want to add anything to that?
2: Well, Kayla hit it on the head, and, and uh, you know it's. I I think sports and academics can go hand in hand, and if you look, if, if you look down the road at all the alums that have come through a liberal arts school, and you know specifically Gustavus, they're very successful in, in life. Yep. Yeah, that's so true. So whether they're a doctor, or a lawyer, or an account accountant or a school teacher they've had to compete, they've had to study, they've had to prepare, they had to do well on the tests um, to get to where they want to get to. And I think another thing our team learned as a season, you know, especially came down to the end was how the alumni stay engaged with their roots of Gustavus throughout yeah. the years. And we traveled really well to the final four and we had a number of alumni players um, make the trek out there. And yeah, that's cool. Some of those young ladies are hitting forty. So yeah. they touch families and and jobs and other you know, commitments and and they you know they they played a big part in our team understanding the you know playing for the not the name on the back of your jersey but the
0: yeah, the crowns on the front. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's neat. I like that. Um, as I'm as I'm approaching 69, 40 seems really young to me. But that's another that's another story. Um, <laughs> final, all well said, both of you. Fi- final question, which is, um, and I'll start with with you, um, coach, and then Kayla. What's ahead? I mean, what's it look like for next season, coach? Are you are are you losing a lot of? Uh, Players or, or will the will the team? Uh, will, will most of the players be coming back?
2: Well, we have a, a very good nucleus of players. Uh, we, in a normal year, we would have had seven seniors. Okay, who, um, but three of them are going to come back for the fifth year. So we had four graduating, and every year um, you're going to lose some to graduation, but you also, if you you know, if you get lucky and and uh, recruit some good young players to come in. You can balance that off in time. We have a great nucleus. I think we have a hungry group, um, but also one a group that's smart enough to understand that things don't just happen. Right. That you have to grind away. And if this spring is any any indication, um, our voluntary spring lifts have been exceptional. Wow. So I know our our uh, now that the weather's turning and school's almost over that there's all sorts of activities out there that can cloud and get in the way of you know just focusing on next year at this time and rightly so we need to have a break but we're you know we're excited for what what we just finished up on but even more excited for next year.
0: That's cool. What uh, by the way, when does the season start? When is the first? Uh... Uh, I guess, conference came.
2: Uh, I don't know the exact date of that, but our first official practice is always the second Monday of October. So okay. it's usually right around the first part of November when conference starts. So the exciting time is for a lot of reasons as everyone moves back to campus or incoming that Labor Day weekend. And then there's a time where the, the girls can work out on their own. Um, and get prepared for that part in October. Okay. And then start start building from there.
0: All right. Well, onward. Um, and Kayla, what about you? You see so you're coming back, we cause this is offering that ninth uh, semester because of the pandemic. Um looking ahead, you've had that internship. Are you are you planning to go right into the accounting world? Is that the is that the goal once you graduate? Yeah, so yeah.
1: Yep, I actually had another internship um, over the summer that I've continued, I'm still doing right now.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, Also an accounting firm?
1: Yep, this one's Clifton, Larson, Allen, Okay. or now they usually go by CLA, but so I haven't accepted a full-time position with them that I'll start, um, not this coming fall, but the following fall. Wow, that's fantastic. Yep, right after I graduate, I'll probably start taking and studying for my CPA exams in okay. January and try to pass all of those before I start working.
0: Wow, congratulations on that. The um what kind do you have an idea what kind of accounting you would be doing? I mean, it would be corporate, individual, small businesses? Or?
1: Yeah, so I'll be in audit. I'll be in audit again. Okay. So I'm on the healthcare industry. So I oh, wow. audit and prepare like Tax returns for um, mostly senior living facilities
0: oh interesting jeez that's amazing wow, everything is so <laughs> the world is complicated and fascinating um, that is awesome that you have that job lined up already that's just terrific um, speaks well of you and of and of Gustavus and the your profs um this has been really fun a pleasure i kind of want to go uh i don't know watch a hockey game but that's, <laughs> that's wait for the wild to come come on um it's really been fun best of luck to you both um and hope to see you uh, maybe kaylee we can get together before you graduate for coffee or something my treat and coach uh good luck are you doing recruiting this summer coach or is that all done
2: well, no, we're always
0: recruiting. <laughs> always recruiting, uh, yeah. A,
2: we have yeah. a good crew coming in, but you know, there's always the year following. So there's a lot sure. of summer showcases and things like that to, to start yeah. looking for the future. But
0: right.
2: yeah, it's a well, year good round. Good luck year. with
0: that. Yeah, yeah year thanks. round. Good luck to you both, and thank you both. It's really been fun. Take good care, and congratulations on a, on a really a great season. All the best. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. Learning for Life at Gustavus is produced by J.J. Aiken and Matthew Dobosensky of the Gustavus Office of Marketing, Gustavus graduate Will Clark, class of 20, who also provides technical expertise to the podcast, and me. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Gustavus Adolphus College.